The Grow My Cleaning Company podcast helps owners of cleaning companies just like you to grow your company and yourself so you can make more money and finally get the time and money freedom that probably got you into this business. Discover how to automate and create systems that allow you to grow like crazy without losing control. If you dig the show and want to show some love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes. It really helps. Enjoy the show. Hey, Cleaning Nation, good to, I guess I can't say see you or hear from you, but good to feel your presence. And uh, Lindsay, good to see you as always. Today is our, uh, you guys have questions, I give answers, kind of live coaching. If you uh, are listening to the podcast or watching the YouTube recording, want to be involved live, just join our Facebook group, uh, Grow My Cleaning Company Facebook group, pretty easy to find. Uh, that said, let's die, or you can email Lindsay or sorry, support at growmycleaningcompany.com and Lindsay will, uh, if you got a good question, she'll put you in the mix. That said, let's get going. What's the theme? What are the questions? Let's help some people. All right. So the theme this week is what are you most stuck on? And we got some little themes inside the big theme. So we got a lot of people stuck on marketing and a lot of people stuck on hiring. So um, I'm going to dive into the first question. Um, actually, we had a couple of questions really of people that are stuck with residential marketing in particular. So for example, um, Blake emailed into us. Actually, Blake had a question from last week, but we ended the broadcast before we could answer his question. Um, he's doing residential and commercial, mostly commercial right now, uh, wants to get people and get them the services leads. Where would you focus on marketing to get enough residential work, Mike? So first of all, as we've said before, I would never try and do both at the same time because the pride and hubris of in my spare time is a much smaller and less experienced company than probably most of my competition. I'm going to somehow compete. So it's like, hey, I'm not great at I'm having trouble marketing and I'm trying to market to multiple people. What should I do? Well, first figure out who you're going to market to start there. Like you're trying to market adequately or poorly to lots of different people as opposed to really well to just one. So you know, we only help owners or cleaning companies. I am an expert beyond reproach in terms of what is it you guys have struggles with, how to fix it, all that sort of stuff. So I would wildly encourage you, uh, Blake, to get laser focused on who your client is. Um, when it comes to residential, the nice thing is it's a very fast sales process. So with commercial, it can be months uh, lead time before you get a new client. With residential, you get a new client like tomorrow. So much so where if you do get a lead commercial and someone calls in or emails in or something and you respond within four to 24 hours, no big deal. Um, when it comes to residential, speed matters. You got to call right away because they're going to solve that problem on yourself probably pretty quickly. And if you don't call back within a couple hours, they're just going to keep calling the next guy. So that said, first and foremost, get focused. Um, in terms of where to where to go again that's where the it comes right back to the focus like well i don't know where are your people looking to solve that problem so residential isn't really a niche right like where do residential people go to solve their problem my answer would be the internet and you're like well that, that's not helpful I'm like was well, he right it's about as helpful as your question right where do people go to buy things stores like it's not helpful whereas if you say in rhode island where do elderly people who are retired go to solve their problem. Well, that's something we can figure out and that's where you want to market. So embedded in Blake's question of where do I go to get leads for residential is 
some assumptions that a lot of owners of cleaning companies have that are not helpful, which, and the big assumption is it's the lead source is the magic. If I just found the right lead source, but then all of your competitors would have that. And you see what I'm saying? Like, if there's just a magic place, you're like, Hey, I clean stuff and I'm the best cleaner ever. Call me now. And everyone would just call like they either raise prices. So it's too expensive. You could make an RI or everyone would discover it. Like the market's going to not allow that to happen. Right? Like, leads are just like anything else. Like where, where can I go to buy $20 bills for $10? Like nowhere because someone else will pay 11 and another guy will pay 12. And if you're consistently getting them under leads are the same thing. Where can I get a lead cheap? It's like, well, yeah. Cause that's what most people are like, where can I get leads? But they don't really understand. You can get leads anywhere. What you really want is where can I get the right leads at a positive ROI? And that really depends on who your client is, right? There's no, if there, I promise if there's just an answer of like Facebook, well then that would, you would know everyone would have a million dollar cleaning company. There'd be no coaches because, you know, I'd write my next book, how to make a million dollar cleaning company. And it would just say buy Facebook ads and then everyone would be rich, but that's not the case. So to answer your question, I hate to be a jerk, but I'm going to be a little bit of a jerk, Blake, and answer your question with a question. Who's your client? What's their pain and where do they go to solve it? That's where you go. Like if they listen to podcasts, we'll be on podcasts. If they're in-person people, find out where they hang out. If they um, go on Facebook, what groups do they belong to? Or who do they like on Facebook that you can, you know, we need a lot more data. So that's why you have to be so specific because everyone's like, I'll just hire a marketing agency. And the marketing agency just runs crappy ads to generic people. And then you're like, that guy sucked. It's like, no, you're just, you're not clear on who your client is, what their pain is, how to solve it, how to communicate it. And you can't just sub that out to a marketing agency. Or if you can, someone that's going to be good enough to really do it, they're going to charge a 10 grand a month. So so I know it's kind of a long, broad answer, but I know we're going to get multiple how to get leads questions. So I just want to set the foundation of what that really looks like. And I wish, you know, everyone's just the silver bullet, but there is no silver bullet. If it is, if there was, everyone would be a multi-million dollar cleaning company, right? That's, I know that's how we think and what we want, but just not how the world works. All right. Um, anything I need to missed on that, Lindsay, that you want to add or, or change? Or are we ready to move on to another question? I, I don't think there's anything to add or change. Um, and the next question, I'm going to skip around a little bit on our questions because you said something that I think is going to apply to the next question from Raina because she emailed in and she said she's trying a lot of marketing techniques that are not working. She's tried Facebook ads. She's trying uh, referral discounts. She's trying door hangers. She's trying car magnets. Uh, and she's still not getting the amount of clients she needs per month. So she's she's basically out of ideas and wondering if there's any more ideas that you have to help her. Um, any? Raina, I'm so glad you emailed in or called in or <laughs> however you got a hold of Lindsay, you did great because that's a great question and very representative of I did Facebook ads and they don't work for me. What we're really saying is I ran a Facebook ad because I've talked, I've talked to the rainers of the world. It's all we do. And I'll go, like, let's get some data. Exactly. How much did you spend? And they're like, I don't know, $500. And when I make them look it up, it was $382, right? It wasn't exact. And I go, great. How many leads did you get? And they'll go none, but we look it up. It was seven or they'll go a bunch. And we look it up. It was seven, right? So there's no tracking and they'll say stuff like it didn't work, but they didn't track it. So there's so much first and foremost. And I love Raina giving specific, I did Facebook ads, I did car magnets, but for our clients, and this is what I'd recommend you do, whether we work with you or not, um, we track all that crap, right? You've got to like, what's the source? How much money did you spend in the month? How many leads did you get? Not just people you liked or thought was a good lead. Anyone that called in about the, Hey, I saw your magnet and I called in about your services and I live two hours away. Say you don't serve two hours away. It's still a lead, not a good lead, right? 
but that's the lead. How many bids did you get? How many, for how much dollars? How many of those turned into recurring sales? For how much recurring revenue? So we track that crap and I'll bet you, oftentimes people do better than they think, right? Or they, they'll go, it didn't work. What does that mean? I didn't get any customers, but they didn't track it. They just feel like they didn't get any customers. Or I got a customer, but it wasn't worth it. And maybe, and it's like, well, how much is that customer worth per month? How many months are they going to stay? Like they don't really track the data. So first and foremost, great start to go. I tried Facebook and it didn't work. Better to go. I spent $496 on Facebook in the month of January. I got 13 leads. No, none of them turned into bids. And none of them, off, I didn't get any sales, of course, because I didn't give any bids. That's data we can help with because that's where the breakdown goes in, right? So I'll just give a couple examples. If you're like, I spent $18 or 86 bucks in Facebook on in January. It's not enough data. I don't know. It could be bad. I don't know. I don't know what the problem is. You spend more money, right? I'm not saying you spend 2000, but 86 bucks ain't enough. If you spend 500 bucks on Facebook and you got no leads. Okay. Well, the ad's probably bad, right? Either the ad or the landing page, right? If you got a bunch of leads, but no bids, you're probably, maybe you're not calling fast enough. You see, see what I'm saying? Like there's a whole process to this. It's just a perfect example. Like why I nailed the data arena is like I said, with the timing. So say you're residential and you spent $500 on Facebook and I don't know how much you spent and you got 17 calls and you're like, I called every single one of them the next day. It's too late. That's the whole problem. So there's really two things we've got to do. One is we have to have data because I promise you, if you give me good data like that, here's how much I spend over what time frame. Here's how many leads came in. Here's how they came in. Here's how many turned into bids. Ideally, some data on the ones that didn't turn into bids. Here's why, right? I didn't offer. They'd already bought. They were outside my trading area. They wanted a service we didn't provide, like specifically what's going on. And then how many of those bids turned into sales? We can figure out what the problem is. Could be the ad, could be the landing page, could be the platform, could be the way that you follow up on the leads, could be your sales process, could be your pricing, could be um, which bids you're going out on, could be where you're advertising it to. Maybe you need to advertise to, to people that have a little more money. So again, it's kind of, as humans, we like to put things in boxes and I'm the same way. I'm super guilty of that. Like I did Facebook and it didn't work. I can put Facebook away in a box and never worried about it again and not look at the fact that it's one of the most valuable companies on the face of the earth and go, well, it obviously does work for some people. And if you looked at your competitors, if you're in a decent sized city, there are people doing well on Facebook. So then we got to look to, it's so much easier just to answer. I did Facebook and it didn't work. It's like, well, what was your message? And how much did you spend? And how did you, how did you treat the leads? And how did you target? right? Like if you just target anybody that sees the ad, well, that's not going to work. Like there's a reason I don't run Super Bowl ads. A, I can't afford it. And B, not enough owners of cleaning companies. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, you know, that's why beer companies do because the, the percentage of people watching the Super Bowl that drink beer is very high. So there's just so much involved. You need more data, but a whole, I'm, I'm trying to give these big global answers so you guys can start seeing like, okay, I understand what I'm not doing and how it's more about how to think about advertising than just I, I tried Facebook. I tried door hangers. I tried car magnets. I tried referral discounts, quote unquote, none of them worked. What do I do next? And it's like, we got to really test those things with real data. And then we can see what actually worked or didn't work. Hey, amazing people. You may have noticed we don't sell a dadgum thing on this podcast. We don't allow ads. The only ask I can ever have of you guys is if you dig the show for you to spread the word and share so we can change as many lives as possible. Literally, it'll take you five seconds to give us a great review and I can't tell you how much I appreciate you as a listener and value the gift of your kind words. Now, back to the show. So you actually just sparked a question. No one asked this, but just the way my brain works, if I was Rena or anyone, she's got four channels, right, of advertising. What how many channels would you recommend testing at once? Because you just 
said a lot there. That's a lot to study for one channel of advertising. So great question. And then I'm going to dive into each of those just because I gave Facebook because it's like the most complex and we'll hit the other so you can start seeing a theme. But to answer your question, which is excellent, Lindsay, is I try it as quickly as possible because with marketing, there's the high risk and the low risk dollar spend. And I want as many of my dollars spent at low risk as possible. So low risk is I've been doing Facebook for, I mean, gosh, we've been doing it for years and we spend tens of thousands of dollars a month, depending on the month. And we're pretty good at this amount of dollars equals this much uh, leads equals this much appointments equals as many offers equals as many sales. So to me, that's low risk money because we got a pretty good thing. Say we started doing direct mail, pushing people to something that's high risk, right? I haven't done it before. So maybe the first one, you know, I spend 5,000 bucks on a direct mail piece and we don't make any money. And then I have to take that data and go, did people call? Did the wrong people call? Did nobody call? And then go, do I need to get a different list? Do I need to change my copy? Do I need to change my call to action? What do I need to do? And it might take twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars to crack the direct mail code. And now I've got direct mail, and now I, I'm like, okay, I know if I spend X amount of dollars, I get this Y amount of appointments, Z amount of offers, A amount of clients, and we go. So typically, I want to be testing no more than two or three things at a time. Testing equals high risk dollars. And I want as many things that I'm not testing, low risk dollars that I just know I can crank out as possible. Like, why would you do more than one, right? If I found one that worked, why wouldn't I just do that? Uh, for a couple of reasons. One, they're not all created the same. Like Dan Kennedy gave a presentation that I still remember was probably a decade ago for me, where he's talking about if you had uh, one marketing place where you get, you know, say a lead is worth 200 bucks for you, like, cause you know, your conversion rates and leads worth $200. And there's one place that you can get $100 leads and there's another place you can get $50 leads which place do you go to? And everyone's like, the $50 lead place. I'm not stupid. I can do math. No, no. The answer is both. Always. Like they're both profitable because leads aren't indefinite, right? Like maybe with Facebook, the leads are more expensive and I can get a hundred of them a month. And maybe with referrals, the leads are free, but I can get three a month. And maybe with door hangers, the leads are whatever, but there's only so many doors I can hang. So because each lead generation thing. And by the way, the more leads you get from a single source, the more expensive they get, right? Because you have to show the same thing over and over to the same people. And also, so perfect example, referrals versus Facebook ads, because they're on the opposite ends of the spectrum. Referrals, cheapest as can be. Like, so, you know, if that ATM is like, uh, you, they're free and you get referrals. Why would I use anyone? Because you can get zero to three a month. Like there's only so many you can get. Facebook might be like $200 a lead, but you can get more leads than you can handle. Well, why don't I just use that one? Because they're so daggum expensive. So it's not just, people just want to break it into to money, but there's other, and then the quality of the lead matters, right? A referral quality of that lead's super high and it's free. Facebook, it's not free. They can be expensive and the quality's low, but because you can get so many of them, you'll do it. So to answer your question, Lindsay, I would only want to be testing one or two things, three at the most. And I want as many things I'm not testing where I'm like, I know if I put a dollar in, I get two bucks back. And sometimes it's 220, sometimes it's a buck 80, but I've been doing this long enough. I know it ain't gonna be 60 cents. Like I go. So we want to move things from the risky testing phase to the less risky. There's never no risk, right? The less risky making money phase as quickly as possible. So in the testing phase, like one to three things. Um, and the non-testing phase, as many as possible, right? As many as you can handle. Okay. So that said, before we hit our, well, probably be our last question, I want to hit the other things. So Facebook ads, I think we talked about referral discounts, a couple things. One, again, I don't think referrals are not working. I'm guessing you get referrals, but 
you can only get 20 a year, 10 a year. And you're like, well, I want to grow more than that. Okay. That doesn't mean referrals aren't working. It just means you need other lead sources, right? And it depends on how many clients you have. If you're like, I've got 13 clients and I get seven referrals this year. It's like, that's not bad. What do you want every every client to give you 27 referrals? Like, it's not reasonable. If you've got 100 clients, you only got three referrals this year. Well, then there's a problem there. So you kind of got to look at that. And then I don't like referral discounts, by the way. I'm much more of a fan of like for our clients, we do give little gifts and thank yous cash and they're valuable, but that's not why I want referrals. I want them to be like, oh my gosh, we got so much value. These people changed my life. You got to see this. I want to help you. That's the kind of energy that I want for referrals. So again, without tracking, it's hard to know what did and didn't work, right? Well, how many clients do you have and how many referrals did you get from those clients? Maybe referrals work fantastically. It's just, it's your $50 ATM or your $0 ATM where you put $0 in and you get a client out, but it only works once a month, right? So again, without data, I can't know, but referrals, great way to get, probably the best way to get clients just the least scalable, right? So if that's your only way to get clients, it's no good. But if that's your, it's a great cherry on top of your other marketing. Door hangers, um, the big things there is what doors did you hang them on, right? A lot of times people just put them wherever's cheap or easy, but they gotta be on the right doors, right? If they're on apartment complexes or people that rent or low value homes, it's just, you just do the math. So they gotta be in the right doors. Second, you have to have good copy. Like, what are you saying? What's your call to action? A lot of times it's just, Call now for a $25 discount or the best. Like, well, no offense. Nobody's going to do that, right? You've got to offer a free clean or offer, you know, a romantic date out with your spouse while we clean or do something creative that someone's better. But the first 10 people that call, they get a clean for themselves and will surprise clean one of your family member's house or like find a call to act. Lindsay's going, I would take that. Like find something that people are like, of course I'm going to take that. Yeah. I would take that just to note cleaning nation. There you go. So if you're marketing to Lindsay, pretty easy. Just send that one. So again, it was almost door hangers are probably some of the most simple and they're great because you can get them hung for printed and hung for less than 25 cents a piece typically. And if you've got good copy, they work great. So again, I'm guessing with the door hangers, you didn't track how many you printed or you knew how many printed, but you didn't hang them all. You didn't track the, you know, prob- most of the time people don't put a separate phone number on the door hangers, which you need. So when people call or text or email, it's a new number email. So you can track it that you ask them and they sometimes tell the truth. Sometimes they forget. They don't even know, right? They'll say they got off the website, but there's a door hanger. So you have to track it. You have to make sure on the right door and you have to make sure there's copy and a call to action that's clear and easy to take. And like, you got to do good marketing and then car magnets, same thing. It's like, well, how much did you spend on car magnets? 300 bucks. It's like, okay, how many leads do they get you? Well, I don't know. None last year. All right. Six, you know, 12 leads last year, four new clients at 300 bucks. Well, it's $1,200 a goddamn month for Carmack. Like, what are you expecting here? So long story short, and I love this question right now. That's why I'm spending so much time on it. We've got to track because a lot of people say I tried it and didn't work. And then if you track, it's like that did work. You just are saying it didn't, it didn't scale, which is different than not working. So I'm guessing for Raina, both car magnets and referral discounts worked. She just couldn't scale them as much as she want. Facebook ads, she didn't track and test and do them properly. So she couldn't scale with that. And then door hangers, same thing. So hopefully this is, again, it's without coaching one-on-one, I can't get a full marketing plan built for you guys, but hopefully you're starting to think about marketing in a way like, okay, this makes sense. All right. Too long. Did that make sense, Lindsay? We tracking? That I'm tracking what you're saying. That was uh, in depth and made a lot of sense uh, comparing each different advertising channel. Um, all right. Do we got one squeeze in one more, a little rapid fire? One more, baby. Rapid fire. All right. This is Angela. She emailed in. She's stuck on whether to stay with independent contractors or should she switch to employees? 
All right. So the rapid fire is employees, but I'll, I'll try and give a <laughs> one minute deal. So there's a couple pieces on that. One is legality. Um, obviously do what's legal. And a lot of times you're like, I have contracts. You're like, I don't know, man, talk to a labor lawyer. Cause it's fuzzy, right? It's a lot of, do you control their time? Do you provide their supplies? Do you, and you should be providing their supplies. Do you provide them any training? Like, do you tell them when they have to show up and come? It's like, yeah, you should be doing a lot of that stuff. So again, I guess you don't have to provide their supplies. They could just use Windex or spit or whatever they want. Like at some point you've got to have some sort of control over your process. So A is just the legality of, are they really employees? And you don't get to say some bureaucrat ultimately is going to say B um, for me, it's workers' compensation, right? If they get in a car accident and they're out, their physical bodies are out in the world doing stuff on my behalf. That's, I don't want to say dangerous, but it's not unthinkable. Someone could get hurt while driving to or from cleaning or cleaning, right? Fall off a ladder or whatever. Um, I just want them to be covered. And a lot of times you can't do that without employees. Um, and then also just legally, a lot of your clients are going to want and require employees or they don't understand. And if they did understand, they would want and require employees that are covered and all that sort of stuff. So the only real benefit to 1099 is like, oh, I can save a little bit of money. But again, you have to look at who you're competing with and either you're competing with other 1099 contractors who that's easy to compete with because you just say, hey, when, when they get hurt on your property, they're, that they're going to sue everybody and they're not insured. You're not insured and use that what you want. And for commercial, slam dunk, like that's an easy thing. And for residential, when they've got a million dollar house, which is what you want, they're also going to want that. So um, most of the time, we're just trying to go W1099, not because they're truly contractors, but we're just because we're trying to save money. So that's a quickie on that one. I, I think we're good. Anything to add, Lindsay? That's all I got. All right, Cleaning Nation, if this uh, scratch where you itch, go to GrowMyCleaningCompany.com. Um, as much as I love these little kind of quick 20-minute things I want to help you, really, truly, we found for people to get transformation in their business, um, it's a longer process. It can take months, and you actually need coaches to walk you through that process. So if that's something you want, reach out, support at GrowMyCleaningCompany.com. Go to GrowMyCleaningCompany.com. Just message us. We got coaches. We'd love to help. Talk to you soon. See you. Well, here we are at the end of the podcast and you made it. Great job. Uh, I've got a little bonus for you before for sticking through with me. But like I mentioned before, if you got value out of this podcast and you want to show a little love, subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes, Spotify, wherever the heck you're listening to this thing. Share it with a friend. Share the love. And as a special thank you for those of you that stuck with me to the end, how about I give you my personal phone number so we can text? It's a great way for me to get to know you, your business, your goals personally. So shoot me a text now, 602-932-6431. 602-932-6431. I am the only one who responds to these texts, and I will personally respond to everyone I possibly can as long as uh, this number is manned. I uh, don't know how long we're going to keep this at the end of the podcast, so grab it now. 602-932-6431. Give me a text. Say hey. Can't wait to meet you.